Coming up on today's episode, it's all over. We break down the Jets' season-ending loss to Vegas in Game 5, including the potential end of an era in Winnipeg. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Well, not with a bang, but with a major, major whimper. The Winnipeg Jets season comes to an end at the hands of the top-seeded Vegas Golden Knights and... um Kind of surprising. We're about two hundred episodes, two hundred plus episodes in, and this is <laughs> this is a skates and plates first. We're actually recording the episode while the game's still going on, because <laughs> if they don't want to show up and do their jobs right, then why should we? Uh, there's about you know thirty seconds or so left in the game right now, but um, yeah, no reason really throughout the entire third period to. Believe that a comeback was going to be in the offings for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what played out. I mean, disappointing is quite frankly, putting it extremely mildly, how the Jets came out in this one with their season on the line, falling to the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas moves on to round two, and the Winnipeg Jets, Tyson, are the first team eliminated. From the 2023 NHL postseason. Who's Tyson, you might ask? Well, it's CJOB's Tyson Rowicki. He's joining us to break down the final game of the Winnipeg Jets season and what might be on tap in what sets up to be a pretty monumental offseason for the club as well. Tyson, despite the result, how are we doing lately? Well, the, the, to me, the NFL draft was a little bit of a, like a shining light at the end of the tunnel. But man, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty frustrated right now. Just like it, it it's a complete buildup of a whole season, right? Of just like kind of ebbs and flows, and now we finally reach the end, and it's it's hard not to feel just frustrated. Yeah, I would I would think of a different F word. <laughs> I would think of a different F word. That that's kind of what's going through my head right now. <laughs> and you know, it's funny too because the series is almost a microcosm of their season as a whole where it starts off with so much promise and you see the potential of the group and you think, could this be fantasy land? Like we, could we be looking at a, at a serious contender here. And just when you think everything's going their way, it all falls apart in epic fashion. And we're left trying to pick up the pieces and figure out what the hell is going on and what the hell is going to happen in the coming months here. So their, their series ended the way the season went, but, but pretty wild to think. I don't think anybody would have believed you if after game one you said, um, enjoy the win. It's going to be the last one the Winnipeg Jets have this season. Four straight for the Vegas Golden Knights, including really a laugher in game five, Tyson. 4-1 ends up being the final. And look, it, it, we're, we're not going to be doing a major, major breakdown of this game in terms of, you know, where it went wrong and how did the Jets lose the neutral zone and why couldn't they adapt to Vegas's four chat? It's pretty much the same thing that we saw over the last couple of games. But it, it really is almost poetic in a sense, Tyson, 
that with so much potential change this offseason coming, this era of Winnipeg Jets hockey comes to an end the way that it did here. Where when you have all this talent and all this skill up and down your lineup, and I know there was injuries in this game, and, and they, they were playing a little bit shorthanded. But you have, I mean, a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's supposed to be your number one center. Kyle Connor, a number one winger. Blake Wheeler, you know, we know what, what he's done in the NHL. Connor Hellebuck, Vesna winning goalie. You come out and act, apparently, like it's game four of the preseason. As opposed to fighting for your freaking lives in the pl- in the in the in the postseason, it was just there's nothing from them, and it was right from the get go, right? Like literally less than a minute in, and the game was almost over from that point on. And then it happens again to start the second period, just to put another dagger into the heart. There, this team's complete and utter inability to look engaged and intense and focused. For anything more than a game at a time is is beyond baffling, but it's it's kind of what has defined this group for a number of years now, and it's it's really disheartening, Tyson. Seeing the way that some of these other teams in the postseason are playing with their backs against the wall, you know, you look at Tampa Bay. Obviously, that's you know a team with the heart of a champion, but you look at Tampa Bay against Toronto tonight. And the Lightning come out and kick the crap out of the Leafs in their own building with their backs against the wall. Um, you see the way Florida responded, you know, against Boston. You know, not playing the best of games, but finding a way to get it done and at least be competitive in that one. And it's funny, too, because then I could turn it around and, and, you know, look at what the Bruins have done over the last several games in the playoffs here. And people will say, hey, the Jets were shorthanded. Yeah, they were. You know, missing, missing Shifley and Morrissey is tough. Boston hasn't played with their top two centers all playoff long. And they've found a way to kind of continue the run that they've been on, you know, pretty much since game one of the regular season as well. All these other teams are dealing with massive injuries, yet, you know, it's only the Winnipeg Jets that, you know, can use that as as an excuse, as opposed to the other teams that just find a way to soldier on and march through it. So, yeah, disappointing, frustrating, disheartening, pretty much pick and choose, go to the thesaurus, find out whichever negative adjective you like best. It It completely works about how the Winnipeg Jets flamed out in the postseason here and you know you were you were hoping for maybe one last run one last little bit of positivity before some some massive changes coming up this offseason but uh, it wasn't the case whatsoever there and all the hope from a dominant game one victory came crashing down and just sucks 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 to see this team go out with a major whimper in game five not even giving the golden knights a scare for one second of the hockey game yeah and this is a clear-cut definition of a gentleman's sweep, right? Like, you gave the Knights gave them the first game, and they're like, there you go. Here, here, here's your one game of the series that you get. And to me, you watch these last four games, it, uh, to me it breaks down to a lack of ability to execute a game plan. Of Like, there are so many times, like even the past couple of games, where you and I had both mentioned, Braswell looks shaky, Braswell looks shaky. And for the fourth game in a row you go through two periods where you're barely generating any sort of traffic towards net any sort of shots towards the net and then oh you know what's crazy about it when they go in the third period and they actually start throwing everything on net it seems like they start to score goals yeah like like i don't understand like it's just it's so frustrating and you just look back at the the culmination of this series of the season and 
it's hard not to just be like I, I get I understand the frustration in one sense, but at the other sense, it's like it's time to start a new chapter. And I think that this is what unfortunately a lot of teams do have to end up going through, and it's a crappy period of time for this. I mean, there's a lot of there's still a lot of things to unfold in this offseason, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself there, but man, like the talent on this team and even with the injuries and of course losing Morrissey's a big injury, not playing with Ehlers for a majority of the series is a big, is, is a big issue for this team. And then losing Mark Shifley in the game five, but no one stepped up. That, that, that was what, that was what really struck me. And besides Blake Wheeler in game four, I mean, I shouldn't say no one's no one kind of stood up. And no, but I, I get what you're saying, right? Right. Like, like, like Lowry obviously had a terrific series and, showed why he should be one of the main cores of this leadership group going forward and trying to build towards some more success in the near future. But you look at guys like Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, and it's just, it's not enough. You need a a hell of a lot more from those kind of guys in a playoff series. And you watch that and it's just too much inconsistency. And it just boils down to stuff we saw at the beginning of of the season, or not the beginning of the season, but just throughout the season where there's just, a lack of attention to detail, a lack of focus, a lack of discipline. And discipline doesn't necessarily mean that you're just taking bad penalties all the time. It means that sometimes you're letting bad habits creep into your play and then that just negatively affects the team as a whole. We've talked so much too about the defensive zone breakouts where yes, the Jets defense did struggle at times this year, but there was a lot of times too where the forwards are just, they're just not there for a pass and they're not making, they're not trying to make, the defenseman's life's easier in that regard. And they're out of the red line, out of the opposing team's blue line. Like it's, it's hard to make those kind of passes, especially when a team like Vegas is really keen in on that. And they're playing a sound structured game where they're continually to force the pressure and can, and just play their game. And throughout these past four games, the jets, you know, maybe they won three periods, right? Like it's, yeah, that's being pretty generous. And, and, you know, one or two of those periods were when they were down by three goals. Right. And, and score effects and all that kick in. When, when the games were in the balance, there, there's no doubt as to who the better team was over the last handful of games. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, that, like, and this is what's maddening about it too, Tyson. This isn't a one, one playoff series problem. This is a four-year problem. Yeah. Four years. Three different coaches. Same players, same GM. Like, 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 what did you, what did you think was going to happen? I blame myself for believing in them, and I think they could find a way to turn it around. This is what they do, and I'm not, you know, picking on you because we all kind of talk about this. But like you say, the inconsistencies of this team, and I, I disagree with that. This team is extremely consistent. <laughs> they consistently find ways to play well below their true talent level. And they, they just, they don't play solid fundamental hockey. That, that is the, that is the core of this team. That is, that is their consistency level. That's, that's who they are as a group. It's, it's just a fatal flaw that they have. And it hasn't been really changed in any major, major way or eradicated for a number of years now, other than basically just, shuffling deck chairs on the titanic but like this is what this group is and they they showed their colors in a big way in this series um when they looked like they had you know all the momentum everything going their way you know 
a really good chance to take them the number one seed in the West. And we didn't see that team for the rest of the series. They played the first four periods outstanding. After that, non-existent outside of a monumental comeback in the third period of game. What was it? Game three in, in Winnipeg that the fans did more than the team. Did. The fans were the yeah, ones that yeah. kind of brought the, brought the noise and the energy there. Right. Like it's so, uh, so yeah, it, it really is. It really is frustrating. And I don't know. I really hope that I don't know what the moves that are going to be made this offseason are. I'm just sick and tired of talking about the same thing over and over again. hundred like percent. Just it's it's so so. I'm just so past it, and I don't know if it means the team wins more or loses whatever it is. But I just just please we need, we need something different here. Just like so, something different has to happen. Something big has to happen here because we can't. People in Winnipeg just aren't going to tune in anymore. And you want to talk about like a season ticket drive and things like that? You bring back these same group of guys for for one more run? You got to be kidding me with that crap. The Jets fans are are smarter than that. So it's it's funny because it's the end of an era and there's like a little bit of a melancholy tinge to all of this. But at the same time, there's a part of me that's like, I mean, if you were going to lose and if it was going to go out this way, maybe this is the best way for it to do it where it kind of leaves no doubt that this ain't it. And if you're going to lose, then then lose in epic fashion here. And the Jets certainly held up their end of the bargain in that one. And I just, I can't imagine the management group, the ownership group, everybody when they, when they get together, once the season comes to an end, can honestly look each other in the faces and say, Bringing this group back together once again is going to be what gets us over the hump and into the promised land here. You, you just you can't do that after you saw what you saw over the last several years and then just kind of punctuated by the last week here as well. Yeah, and, th- and this may be jumping ahead too, but I think one major thing that regardless of what moves are made, this team needs to have a clear and concise plan going forward. There needs to be, in my opinion, there needs to be more transparency with this team. I I understand that when you're a GM of an NHL team that you need to keep some things under wraps and you need to kind of hold your cards close to your chest. But when it's when your team has the success that this team just did, or lack thereof is a better way to put it, you you have you have to let the fans know that you have a solid plan going forward. And even going into this year, where it's we're gonna be sticking with this group, we believe in this group. You add the you add a couple forwards. Nino Niederreiter was a great ad. I do. I, I Nino Niederreiter was one of the players who I thought was one of the guys who always gave a consistent effort. Vladimir Mestikov played well within his role. I'm not going to say that he exceeded expectations, but he did his job. But then you go in where the number one part of your team that you needed to add to is your decor, and God forbid something terrible happens to your best defenseman, which did end up happening. And you have no fallback option. Your, your, your fallback option is to lean on Neil Pionk, who, while he did have a solid game three and a game four and stepping up in that role, he didn't have a great game five. And he was super inconsistent all year. And that just continued into the playoffs. Like, right? Like, you have a solid two games and then game five, you're kind of lay a stinker. Like, they needed, you look at a team like Edmonton and, like, just think where Edmonton would be if they didn't add in Matisse at home and they kept Tyson Berry. They already have enough de- defensive deficiencies as is. and But they added that extra piece where it's just, all right, here's a little breathing room. Here's a little extra. Oh, yeah, they, 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 didn't, they didn't do one foot in, one foot out. It was, hey, like, 
Right. I mean, they're they they're I mean with McDavid, Drysdale, all that. They like this is something they should have been doing years ago. Uh, but this is the first time they've done it, and this is the best team they've had so far, right? Like, so I, yeah, like that, that's exactly what you're you're touching on there, and that's the thing too. Like, what was the Jets' plan going into this year? Because it was well, we think we can win the, with this core, but we're not going to go all in. But we'll add some pieces, but we don't want to give up futures, even though we believe in this core. So we're going to keep that, like, right? Like, it's just you're trying to do too many things at once, and and not having that clear direction. I mean, show me a team that is in that boat that that finds a way to have success. It, it just doesn't happen in the NHL. It doesn't happen in any, any other sport as well. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll certainly get into that a little bit uh, in the episodes in the weeks to come here about, you know, what the direction, what the plan should be, everything like that. Um, just from game five, a few things that I did want to mention first before we kind of, you know, pivot a little bit to, you know, what's next steps and things like that for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, we we gotta say it because it's you know gonna be the biggest storyline around the team, I think. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm gonna kind of paraphrase something you said from last episode, Tyson. And I'm gonna piggyback and, and jump into your boat there. I'm not gonna lose a whole lot of sleep if Pierre Luc Dubois is wearing a different jersey next year. Ah, I, I yeah that that really pissed me off what I saw from him in Game Five. And game four, and game three, and game two. Not game one. He was good in game one. But, like, what the hell, man? Do you, like, that, 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 I mentioned an F word before. I'm not going to use the one I was thinking of before. But fraud? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, 6'3, 220, skates like the wind. Shoots like a manimal, hits everybody in sight. He was non-existent tonight. He was a non-factor right from the get-go. He had one and a half feet in Montreal. He wasn't even interested in competing against the Vegas Golden Knights in Game 5. It was despicable. That was as bad as, I think, the ship from Columbus. There was nothing from him. Nothing. And this is a dude that wants to get nine mil a year? I, I just, I, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe the effort that we saw from Dubois in that game. And maybe it comes up that he has an injury and I I, you know, I end up looking stupid because of this, but I don't know. I, I, I saw a guy in game one that took over that game and was engaged and dominant and really just wouldn't take no for an answer. And that guy was nowhere near the building in Vegas tonight. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, a guy that's never cracked 70 points, Really hasn't shown much interest in being here long term whatsoever. I'm not going to be too upset if if he decides that you know what, whether it's Montreal or somewhere else, this is the place that I want to be. Um, that's that that's a rough, rough way to end the season, man. Especially especially when you see the way, and I'll, I'll keep going back to this, but you see the way the Tampa Bay Lightning played against Toronto, and and you would have thought that they were literally like not playing to get back to to Tampa for Game Six. You would have thought their lives depended on it. Like they would have been struck down and and they all would have been smite or smoted, whatever it is, right after the gate. Like th- it, th- that was the only thing that mattered to them. And you could tell by the way that they played, but that, that wasn't even close to an iota of what we saw out of Pierre Luc Dubois in this one. And unfortunately, you know, the same thing I think applies to Kyle Connor as well, where I mean, those two, those two were just melt cartons. 
there were milk cartons in the latter half of this series. And then game five was just the ultimate cherry on top there. Extremely disappointing, especially when you knew that the Jets' only chance in this game was those two elevating their level of play, putting the teams on their back, and saying, you know what, we're going to find a way to get this one back to Winnipeg. That was the only way the Jets were going to win. Instead, it was a complete 180 from that, and and really a no-show at, 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 the, at the time that the team needed them the most. It just, yeah, again, another another layer to the frustration cake that the Winnipeg Jets served in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, you just nailed that perfectly. Like, I mean... After this performance, I don't even know if Montreal is really that interested too. Like honestly, like it, this is you're going on the second team where you're just a nuisance. He's like, going through the motions. Yeah, like you, you are a problem. It's it's gotten to the point where you are legitimately a problem, and you're not helping this team win. It's it's more individual than team effort. Like it's it's really just shocking to see. I, 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 I'm really struggling to think of another player where you just look at the, the effort that he's given. And, with, and it's not like he's a young guy now either. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's Tyson, I'll just uh, mute, mute yourself and then unplug and plug your mic back in just because it's getting a little feedback there. But <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's kind of the point too, right? Like, I mean, especially when, I mean, if you're looking at it, he doesn't have that much runway to potentially, grab a mega long-term deal. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can sign one this year with the jets or with another team, but then after that it's UFA. And you know, if you sign for eight years, that's kind of the one that you get. That's the big one. You would think like, especially if the contract and everything is a motivating factor, that you'd be bringing it, especially come playoff time when you can, you can turn seven, eight mil into nine, 10 mil pretty quickly. And that, 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 that guy wasn't there whatsoever in the latter part of the series. Yeah. Uh, is it better now? Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yeah. It's just, yeah, you, you look back, going back to Columbus too. And even, I know that there's some people who kind of have a, a thing with Torts where it's like, oh, he's just too hard on guys sometimes. You know, maybe Torts was right. Right? Like, maybe maybe he saw something in this guy that a lot of people didn't notice because it was Columbus. And there was not that total media attention put on that team then. But man, like, it's... I, I'm I'm really trying to keep it at least like kind a little bit nice about him, but it's just disgusting. Like I like honestly, it's just a guy who shows that he doesn't care about this team. He just he's like you said, he's got one and a half feet in Montreal already. And how do how do you win with a guy like that? He's not even focused on the and just the constant penalties. It's just so it's just such an individual approach to this game, and I think there's too many individuals on this team that don't that want to play as individuals and i think that's a big pro- problem here and yeah. that can go well, back good, to good news tyson no penalties for dubois on this one so oh yeah, real shocker hey like, win. <laughs> but like we look and that could be you could look at bad habits going back to juniors and there's a lot of times where players build these bad habits in juniors and the situation develops where all of a sudden you're on a team where you know like it's some coaches give guys more runway than others, right? Like there's just, and those bad habits can continue to build. And if they're not addressed, they're not going to go away when a player's getting up there in age. And I'm not like acting like Dubois is getting close to mid thirties, but when, what is he's 27, 26, 27, like he's 25, but 
around that age still, but like 24, but yeah, mid twenties. You're in, you've been in the league for a long time now. You, there should be at least some improvements and it's just, yeah, like it just bugs me. The fact that there's all this smoke and all this needed distraction. And this is even going back like early in the season. I don't know if you caught this, but the Jets social media team had put out a video with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Ehlers. And I, I forget the exact game that they were playing, but Nikolai Ehlers had mentioned something about, or Pierre-Luc Dubois had said, oh, why don't, you, why don't you bring me this next year? It was something from Denmark. And he's like, why don't you bring it over to me next year? And, we'll, and so I'll see what you're talking about. And Nick Ehlers just gave him an eye roll. And that was, to me back then, that was very telling. Where a guy, this is a, the team's putting this out there. And the, and Nikolai Ehlers is just like, yeah, whatever, man. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you will see it next year. Like, it's just, it's that sort of thing where it just bugs me. And it's just, yeah, I, I, I'm honestly at a loss for words at this point because it's just so frustrating watching the same sort of just lack of discipline. And sorry, the effort, yeah, the effort on the goals against, I mean, what was it? The one to start the second period there. Both Dubois and Connor just like, does somebody want to pick up a man? Right? Like there, there's just no, there was no commitment defensively. I mean, we, we know Connor and that, that's something that, you know, when we talk about players that, you know, are going to be a part of the solution here, guys that maybe need to be moved out. I don't think Kyle Connor's in the group that needs to be moved out, but there needs to be a pretty direct talk and, and maybe a Tortsian talk of, do you want to be a guy that just scores a bunch of goals and does nothing else? Or do you want to be a legitimate top winger in the NHL? You know what I mean? Like there, yeah. there's got to be a bit of a heart to heart here that, you know, what you do offensively is great, but when you give that back and more at the other end, that that's not good enough with the skill that you have. And, and so I think that's going to be one of the aspects this team needs to figure out going into next year is, can we get, you know, Cal Connor being a little more, of a two-way player as opposed to just a guy that's only focused and, and only putting effort into one end of the ice. Um, so that goes into it there. But then, you know, thrown in that, you know, your two centermen, both Dubois and Shifley for large chunks of the season, just looked completely disinterested into playing any kind of defensive hockey there. So And no one, and no one's asking you to be Yuri Lettinen, right? Like no one's asking you to be a Selkie level winger or Mark Stone. You just got to just got to put in the effort. You just got to put in a consistent effort, a consistent attention to detail. And there's just way, way too many examples this year where there's a lack of that. And that needs to be addressed immediately. Yeah, it's pretty much the entire, honest, like the, the top six as a whole is culpable of that. You know, it, it feels like certain guys get picked out more than others. But, but like, it's, it's a pretty big issue with all the skilled players here in Winnipeg, I would say. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, whoever's the code, whatever the team's going to be, that, that to me has got to be one of the big things that, you know, f- hopefully finally gets corrected going into next season there. Um, I mean, look, there, there, there's so many negatives here about the way that this season series game ended, you know, it, it, it's, it's tough to stay too positive about anything. Um, you know, before we wrap it up, Tyson, anything positive from the five game series that you could pull out? From a Winnipeg perspective here, I guess for me, you figured out two of your building blocks in terms of culture setters and leaders. 
And I mean, who gets the C, who gets the A? I don't really care. But Morrissey Lowry are, are, are the two guys. Like, you know, Lowry's not going to be your, your first or second line center next season, but he's going to be a pretty, he's going to play a pretty pivotal role with this franchise. And I think Lowry and Morrissey are the two guys that you can depend on no matter what to lead the way and, and show this team, hey, like join us in the fight and we're going to find a way to get through it. That That's probably the biggest positive that I can come up with in terms of, you know, individual storylines. But was there anything that jumped out to you? I mean, I thought Dylan Sandberg, besides obviously the overtime blunder there, that's a little bit more unlucky. Like I thought he showed really good signs of improvement, especially as the intensity ramped up in the playoffs. I thought he was more aggressive with the puck too, even jumping into the offensive zone. So that's one. And I, I agree with you. I, I, I think Lowry absolutely stepped up in a, in a major, major way. And there was times where he was, he's, he was the bus driver in this one. And I, I mean, you rarely see it, but I honestly wouldn't even hate a co-captaincy here. I wouldn't hate to see a Josh Morrissey on at home, Adam Lowry on the road sort of situation. I think that both of those guys, with all, with all the stuff that happened at the beginning of the year too, where there's all these questions about leadership, I thought the, both those guys stepped up in a major, major way. And so it it is nice to see that with all sort of the negatives that came out from a lot of the, the guys who were supposed to be key contributors for this team, that there were still some that did step up and, and show that, hey, things might not be great right now, but we're get we'll get there. We we have we have the blocks there that can start to build a culture, and I think that's what they need to do. They need to build a culture that this Winnipeg Jets fan base can get behind and really like invest themselves in. Like like remember those those teams at the beginning when the Jets first came over. They weren't great teams, but there was an no. energy there. There <laughs> right like no they weren't. <laughs> they were they were they weren't great teams, but there was an energy there. There was a there was an excitement level still. And even like just, I'm not, I'm not sure how many games you were able to get to this year and overall, but over the past couple of years, and I think a lot of Jets fans feel the same way. It's not the same. It's just not the same. No, and I think, I mean, I imagine it gets corrected this offseason. I, I just, I can't imagine it. We we see the same thing trotted out there tonight, but but I think fans were kind of cognizant of the fact that same old, same old. It's just. It's not going to change until the players are, are changed. You can only change the coach so many times there. But I would say that, you know, if you're starting the season ticket drive and things like that, and you're looking for ways to get the fans pumped up, jacked up, believing in the team for the upcoming season, having Lowry and Morrissey as the face of that, that that's probably the good first step that you need. That, that's step number one. And you can build off that and go from there. And then I would agree, yeah, Dylan Samberg, I thought, you know, took a step and, and probably looks like a second-pair D-man next year. Um, I'd have no problem kind of giving him that role to, to start off. And then I think we have to give a bunch of love to Neil Pionk, who I would say, you know, guys that were criticized a lot too. But Neil Pionk, I mean, he stepped up as much as he could in this playoff series after a, a really down year, but he was huge, especially when the team needed him. I think Blake Wheeler too. If that like if, if that's the last hurrah for him, he he showed himself pretty well. Yeah, and I know I, he, didn't, I agree. he didn't have the same impact in Game Five as he did in Game Four. But I mean, I don't know if any of us could have rightfully expected that. But I mean, that dude, that dude just kind of shut up all season long, worked his ass off, tried to set a good example, 
and I think did everything that was asked of him and more. And we at least got to see one more vintage Wheeler performance before the season and potentially his Jets career wrapped up there. Um, so, I mean, not a lot of positives, but but there were a few couple nice moments, at least, that the Jets can kind of hang their head on heading into the offseason here. And I, I think it's admirable for Blake Wheeler, too. Like, he he left a piece of his hockey career on the ice in that Game 4 game. He really did. And and I feel like I've been as harsh of a critic on Blake Wheeler as, as a lot of people have been. Yeah, like they've been, been really mean. <laughs> but, <laughs> man, I, you got it. Like, that's... It's, I just respect it. Like that, that's like the that's, stick tap on the ice, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, I would have loved to see Dubois do something like that. Leave leave a piece of yourself out there, and don't. And that's the whole thing too, is that you leave no doubt that you know what. At least I I gave in my like. It, it sounds so cliche and it's so like basic, but you left you gave it your all. Like this was. I'm I'm not gonna let thoughts creep into the back of my head where you know maybe if I would have pushed a little harder or something Blake Wheeler was like you know what this could be it for me I've been a huge part of this team for a long time I've been through a lot of crap with this team but you know what this is it like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna step up and and really try and push this team towards some sort of a finish line and yeah all all credit to him and it just it just sucks like really like it's as you start to sort of start to process things after the game's over you really just it's just disappointing and even you know, like I'm like I've got the the post game interviews on just in the background here, and I'm I'm not sure if there's other player interviews on Jets TV or not. This is just the Sportsnet feed, but of course, who's talking? It's Adam Lowry, Nikolai Ehlers. Who's not talking? Well, that's all you need to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it does set up pretty interestingly. As we head into um, end of the year meetings and exit interviews and things like that, which will get underway next week. If you um, thought if you thought last year's player interviews were were interesting, wait till you see this one. Talking like steel chairs or <laughs> what are we? What are we? <laughs> I, like, I, I wonder. I don't know, Tyson. Last year's was last year's was so contentious. Like the way just, it was different. You know, disappointing finishes there. But like that team last year hated each other. Like that, I, I don't know if it's going to be as bad as. Like I, th- I wonder if there's almost like a realization that it's the end of the road here. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't Very think good. it's going to be as like a, there, like there was a lot of malice and like a lot of negative negative energy. I, I just I wonder if you know going into this one, it's like we kind of know we all see the writing on the wall here. You know, we're not we're not mad at each other per se, but it's just we're we're gonna go our, our separate ways, you know, whoever that is. You know what I mean? So that's a very good point. It's just it's almost like a sense of relief for some of these. Yeah, guys. yeah. Or, like, you know, what like sometimes yeah, people have probably been in bad relationships before, and you know, like sometimes it's like it's coming to an end, but uh, may, maybe it's good for everybody that it's coming to it, and nobody's really mad, as opposed to last year where it's like Oh yeah, you want me gone? Well, I want out. So you can't like that sort of I don't know if it's yeah. gonna be like that this year. Um, but who knows? Maybe we'll get some fireworks. You never know, right? Um, but we'll get into that next week. I I don't know. I mean, they haven't set a date for that. Um, I would imagine sometime early next week we hear some exit interviews, we hear the coach and the GM speak, and um, yeah, get a sense of where this team is headed this upcoming offseason. Um and that, I mean that, yeah, I mean, hopefully Monday, because then we can do an episode Tuesday, and it's perfect. Um, 
But I guess before we get to that, Tyson, and it's pretty late here, so let's just uh, do the, the kind of a quick, a quick preview. I guess there's going to be a lot of off-season talk moving forward here, but a quick sense of where this team is headed this off-season, how things should be handled. It's almost like we should do one like right after the game five ends. And then one like a few days later where our heads clear up, we, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like have some of the emotions running high here, yeah. but just like a, a, a quick sort of, a quick sort of teaser heading into the off season. Yeah. You asked for a quick one and I, I'll, I'll do my best, but I mean, like Dubois is gone. I think most people are pretty, have come to terms with that. I, I really don't see how you can bring back Shifley either. But then, like, you're looking at two top centers just gone from your team. And, it, I mean, obviously it depends who you get back in those deals, but that's a lot of talent to lose. And if those guys, like, those are two guys who really, realistically, if you want to start to build towards something different with this team, those guys have to go. But that's a lot, lot of talent you're giving up. Yeah. And then you start to think about what other guys are going to see. Like, say those are the first two dominoes that fall. And you look and at it's like, funny like too, it's funny too, Tyson, because, like, I think a lot of people would agree that if you're making significant change, they have to go, and that's fair. But that also, I mean, it usually means a lot of losses pile up after that. That's, so yeah, I was just gonna. I was just. Gonna are you okay like, with the trade off? If you're okay with the trade off, that's great. But it's just like be be aware of that, right? And and the biggest part of that is number thirty-seven. Does, does he want? <laughs> yep. Does he want to be on a team where you're not? You're lacking that talent up front and. He's already been through two hellish seasons, really. Like, these past two seasons have been really tough on him. And you just start to wonder, you know, like, is he is he getting fed up? And his contract's coming up soon. There's some serious questions you have to ask. And to me, I think you need – this is the off season where you need to get legitimate answers from these guys. And it's – this is what – and that's where I said that you need to have a concise plan, not just for the fans. You need to go with a concise plan to the players and really say to them, this is where we're going. Do you want to be a part of it or not? And if you that, don't, that's exactly it, Tyson. That that's that right there is that, that to me sums up this off season as a whole here. Who's in, who wants to be here? Who's out? There's the door. That's it. Like enough of this. Oh, I don't know if I want to. Da, 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 da. No, no, no. Guys that want to play here. You're welcome. You don't Bye, Bye, Felicia. Like we don't need this anymore. Right. That, that's how I see it. And it, it really all to kind of, you know, do a, a, a quick 30 second teaser of the offseason. It all starts with Connor Hellebuck. It all starts with that. And it's really in his hands. Like, and I think it's just as simple as if, if Connor Hellebuck wants to resign, that you give him a blank check and say, just let us know when you're done <laughs> and we'll figure yeah. out the rest. And I, I, I'm not even being like that, that. That's not hyperbole. Like literally, you want to stay here forever? That's fine with us. Again, here's the checkbook. Let us know when you're done. If he doesn't want to be here, then I think that makes things really clear and evident that it's going to be not retool time, but rebuild time, which might be the best thing in all honesty for this organization's health long term. But to me, that's where all of the decisions start right there. And that's the first item of business for management here is just, Connor, 
Is it yes or no to a long-term deal? And then you make your decisions after that. Um, obviously, there's going to be a number of other ones that that kind of go in. I mean, Trifley, Dubois, Wheeler. I mean, Ehlers doesn't have that much long on his contract. I, right? Like, There's a lot of guys that we're going to have to make decisions on. We'll get to all of that as the offseason gets closer and closer here. But that's that's the main focus right now is just going to be what does 37 want to do and how do the Winnipeg Jets respond after that? Um, on top of that too, Tyson, I would just add this quickly. I've only got one untouchable on this team, and that's Josh Morrissey. Yep. You know, Connor Hellebuck would be if he wants to re-sign, but like so he- let's just push Hellebuck aside. To me, Morrissey is the only untouchable on this roster. That doesn't mean I want to trade everybody else, but but that's the one guy that no, no conversations are gonna be had there. Anybody else? Yes, I'm listening. But it's pretty wild that a team with this much skill, you look at it and go, that's the one skater that we're going to keep out of this group. Kind of, I think, underlines some of the major issues that are surrounding this team right now. But, I mean, plenty, plenty to get into over the next several weeks here. And it is going to be, as much as it sucked having the season end the way it did, it's going to be exciting as hell how this next couple of months plays out for the club. And um, we'll be here to break it down with you guys the rest of the way. And I think that's where we'll cap off the episode right now. Um, You know, before we talk about what's coming up next, I do want to say now that the season's come to an end, thank all the listeners. Thank you guys so much for, you know, taking time out of your day and letting us be a part of it. Whether you agree with us or scream at us, it's all good. (laughs) Just happy that you guys are, you know, giving us a listen and and taking the time to... uh, to hang out and talk and you know it, yeah I, I mean it's a great community here in Winnipeg so it's always a blast to be a part of it and we really really appreciate um yeah you guys just tuning in and hearing us talk about sports being idiots that sort of a thing so appreciate it and much, um yeah much much love and I think where where sometimes we get our frustrations out is that we really really do care about this fan base Right, we care yeah, about the city. We just want you to succeed. Right, we care about yeah. this fan base. We care about this city, and it's just we. You guys deserve much better. I'll just leave I'm, it at that. I'm yelling at you because I love you. <laughs> like just right. <laughs> it's like me. It's like me and my dog on a walk when he's biting the leash. Like stop, just listen. I I just want to love you, but you make it so difficult. Um, but yeah, we appreciate all of you guys listening each uh, each week whenever episodes drop. So. Uh, we'll keep it going to the off season. It might uh, dial back a little bit, um, you know, probably until closer to the draft and things like that. But we'll keep you guys afloat as to when episodes are being released. Uh, but we'll try to keep things pretty consistent moving forward. But again, much love. Thanks so much for tuning in all the time. Um, and thanks for tuning into this episode of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. The finale of the regular season and playoffs for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll get back at it Tuesday morning for you guys. Breaking down potentially exit interviews, potentially juicy tidbits to come out of the team's playoff loss. And that will officially kick off our off-season preview show. So be sure to tune into that as we get into plenty of juicy news and rumors ahead of what seems to be a seismic off-season for the club. Until then, though, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Should be nice outside, so... Why don't you enjoy yourselves, maybe hit the links, maybe hit a patio, have a couple of cold ones because the team drives you nuts. 
But uh, however you want to do it, have a safe and happy weekend, everybody. And we'll talk to you guys on Tuesday morning. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. Talk to you guys Tuesday. Peace.